0: If you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to Matthew chapter 6, and I'm going to read one verse. If we can stand just a little bit longer for the reading of one verse, we keep you in shape around here. And while you're turning to Matthew 6:34, I want to remind you, Wednesday night, we're going to have a surprise message. I'm going to be speaking, There's it's going to be a surprise message, so I encourage you to be here Wednesday night. We always have great fellowship. It's a great time, and I appreciate Tom Dooley and the word he shared last Wednesday night. I heard it was one of the best he's ever delivered here, and we appreciate Tom. He's, a, he's our friend. Matthew 6, 34, I'm going to talk to you today about worry warts. Now, I know that none of you in here worry, but I'm hoping that you'll get the, the CD and take it to the worriers who you know. I know that your redeemed, sanctified, Christ-controlled mind never worries, and you hardly remember what it's like to worry, and we thank God for that, but I just hope you deliver the CD to somebody who's still tormented by worry because you don't ever do it anymore, right? (laughs) Okay, Matthew 6, 34, Jesus said, therefore, can you say it with me? Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father, thank you for your word today. Deliver us from the spirit of worry that we can have minds of peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn to your neighbor and preach a minute and say, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Jesus taught against worrying knowing that we worry about virtually everything. Let's just be honest, we worry. We worry about the weather. We worry about our kids, sometimes justifiably so. We worry about our health. We worry about virtually everything. And I want you to know that Jesus was clear that we are not to be worriers. We are not to be tormented by the tyranny of worry. Somebody once said that worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you going, but you don't get anywhere. And I like this one. Larry Eisenberg said, worry is today's mouse eating tomorrow's cheese. Now, I like that. You kind of have to see law, that one. Think about it later. Worry is today's mouse eating tomorrow's cheese. What is worry? Worry is the gnawing dread that something bad is going to happen. Mark Twain once said, I've known many troubles in my lifetime, but most of them never happened. What was he saying? Most of my troubles have been worrying about things that never happened. But if you worry about them, you still went through it. Worry is a thief. Worry is a robber. It robs the child of God, of peace, of joy, and of faith. It subtracts from the quality of life, and it makes every day a burden. Every day to the worrier is a burden. Worry, I was thinking about it this week, worry is actually like hell's version of faith. Think about it. Worry is hell's version of faith in that the worrier believes something they don't yet see is going to happen. Most things you're worried about, they're not there because you wouldn't be worried about them if they were there. A lot of times we're worrying about something that hasn't even arrived. And isn't that what it says about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things you don't yet see. Faith tells you something is out there in the spirit realm, in the will of God, locked up in the promises of God, and faith brings it from there to here. So faith is the substance of things you're hoping for and it's the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith is the evidence that what you don't yet see manifested in time and space is there, and it's on the way here. Faith believes for something good coming your way. Faith is coupled with hope, and hope is a confident expectation of good in regards to your future. When you're walking in God's faith and God's hope, it means that I'm expecting something good from the hand of God. Now, that's faith, but worry, you're doing the same thing But it's like hell's version. What is worry? It's the dread of something feared, the anxiety over something not yet seen. My finances are gonna go down. I'm gonna get a bad report at the doctor. If this car goes another month, I'll be shocked. (laughs) I think my boss is about to fire me. I think I'm about to lose it all. My marriage sure seems shaky. What is this that I have found on my body? I'm afraid, I'm worried. Worry reaches into tomorrow and draws out of the unknown tomorrow and brings it into today. And worry is a lie. And Jesus commanded us not to worry. We worry and our worry warts grow. When I was a kid, here was the rumor. If you pick up a frog, you're gonna get a wart. So I used to pick them up like this. Said, so if you pick it up, you're going to get a wart. I'm going to tell you something. If you pick up worry, you're going to get worry warts. When as kids, we got warts. We headed straight for the drugstore for Compound W. Compound W and WD-40, the American way to take care of things. If something squeaks, WD-40. If you get a wart, Compound W it. And so we would go get Compound W and, 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 and we would take care of those warts. Now, I came today with some Compound W O R D. And I want to get rid of some warts. Now, why should I even bother about talking about worry? I'm going to tell you why. I want you to take worry very seriously. Don't worry about it, but I want you to take it seriously. Worry affects our health. I read recently that doctors have now said overwhelmingly that the majority of cases that come to see them are stress-related. Diseases, different things caused by stress and the worries of life. Worry affects our attitudes towards life. It affects our attitude towards God. Did you know that? And it affects our attitudes towards other people. Worry is a lens through which you view life. Worry Worry affects productivity on the job. It frustrates our relationships at home. And it frustrates, I believe, God himself. Worrying is unhealthy, and I've got to tell you the truth today. Worry is sin. Romans 14, 23 says, Whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever is not of faith. So when we're worrying, we're actually just believing that something we don't yet see Is going to happen bad. Now we've got a choice today. You can walk by faith or you can walk by worry. You can live by faith and expect that something good is coming from the hand of God and I choose to go that way. It's not easy, but I choose to go that way. Or we can worry that something bad is going to happen and lose our peace with God. Now let let me clarify the word worry, the term. What does it mean? It does not mean concern. Because you can be concerned about something without worrying about it. It's not concern. The Greek word for worry literally means to be pulled in different directions. It pulls you in different directions. That's what worry does. Worry causes your mind to look at this and focus on that and go this way and that way and the other way. And it takes away your ability to focus on the things of God. Worry carries your thoughts Splits your thoughts, divides your energy, it subtracts from you, it pulls you in different directions, it destroys our ability to focus by pulling us in constant, difference. worrying about this, worrying about the other, worrying about this and that. And I want to tell you, I believe that the enemy of our soul casts worrisome thoughts into our minds. What, what else is a fiery dart? We walk by faith, not by sight. We put on the shield of faith. We cling to the shield of faith, which quenches the fiery missiles, darts, arrows of the enemy. Well, what are those arrows? I believe they are temptations. I believe they are fears. And I believe they are worries. And they are fired into our minds by the enemy of our soul who does not want us focused on the things of God. Hear me today, church. The Lord, the Holy Ghost would not let me get away from preaching on this today. I prayed about it all week long. There must be some worry warts in here. And you're looking at one of the chief among them when you look at me. I was born in a family of warriors. I'm telling you, I grew up real, uh, learning that worry was the way you responded to life's stresses. I've got relatives in New York. If you don't want to worry about it, call them. <laughs> They'll worry about it for you. And they'll call you back in a couple of days and tell you why you need to worry even more. (laughs) Worry is a robber. It's a thief. According to Scripture, worry is a lack of trust in God. It's a lack of trust. Worrying is choosing to not trust God. And when we choose to not trust God, we're telling God we can handle it better than He can. If you stop and think about it, worry is an insult to God. Because he has provided for all of our needs. He is our heavenly father. He is there for you and me. You say, Well, Pastor Jeff, do you ever worry? Yes, I do. Well, what do you worry about? Sometimes I worry about our country. I worry that we're going to give up all of our freedoms to some totalitarian regime, to some crazy philosophy. I I fear that we're going to throw away all of our liberties and all of our freedoms and everything God gave us. I get concerned about that, and sometimes it turns to worry. I worry about flying. Now, I'm going to be honest and transparent with my church family today. I worry about flying. I'm a white knuckled. When I got, we got home this week, my jaws were sore. <laughs> Say, oh, well, how come you're afraid? I don't know. It's something I have to overcome. I don't like flying. I don't like knowing that I'm not in control. I want to go up and talk to that pilot. You sure you got this thing together now? I like it when those pilots walk in with silver hair. That tells me they've got a lot of hours behind them. I am not a good flyer. I wish I were, but I worry about it. Kathy, she worries that I worry. She prays over me. She binds it and loses it and, and, and says, now, don't you worry. It's going to be okay. I say, I don't know it. I'm, just, I'm ready to go. We go in there and we sit down. Let me tell you what the devil did this time. Here we are at the airport. I've gotten all my courage up. I'm going to go be with leadership. I'm going to go on this retreat. Praise God, and I'm going to fly. I'm not going to drive to Florida. That's insane. Although I seriously considered it, (laughs) I really thought about that. Why don't we just make it a long drive? See the countryside? And so I was all ready to get on the plane. And I sat down, Kathy was sitting across from me in the airport before you line up to go into the, the mouth of hell. And I sit next to this woman. She says, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Naples, Florida. Oh, we're going there too. Boy, they had some terrible weather there yesterday. And I said, really? Now, 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 now Kathy's across from me, and I can can hear her saying, woman, would you shut up? Don't say another word. She says, oh, yeah, it was really bad. And I said, how bad? And she said, it even blew one of the jets over. I stood up. I said, Kathy, I prayed about this. She said, it blew one of the jets over. And I said, blew it over? Kathy comes over to me and goes, Satan sat you next to her. You get away from her. Satan, Satan sat her next to you. You sat right next now to Satan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here I am. I said, oh man, that's the last thing I needed to hear. But I got on and we flew and we made it and we had a wonderful time. And we flew back, and I did even better. Kathy treats me like her little boy when I do That's so good. You did a good job. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Let's go get an ice cream cone. So I do worry. Sure I do. We all have to overcome it, don't we? see what i tell you about myself but don't you hold your halos up too high or polish them too bright because you all worry you worry about money you worry about relationships how you look you look in the mirror and say is that a new line (laughs) you worry about your friend's health your health where you live how you're going to live and on and on it goes some people even worry about worrying too much what are you worried about i'm worried about worrying A man named Sir John Lubbock once said, a day of worry is more exhausting than a day of work. Somebody else said, happy is the man who is too busy to worry by day and too sleepy to worry at night. Amen. Oswald Chambers, the great devotional writer who wrote, my utmost for his highest, had this to say about worrying. Worrying always results in sin. We tend to think that a little anxiety and worry are simply an indication of how wise we really are. I ought to be worried about this and that. Yet it's actually a much better indication of just how wicked we are. Worry is an indication that we think God cannot look after us. So we worry. But now I want to apply the compound W O R D. And instead of reaching for Melanta, aids and tums, I want to turn to the words of Jesus today because i 'm going to preach worry out of you. I want to minister the Word of God that is like a healing salve to your mind. You are not to be a worried people. You are children of the king. He 's got you in the hollow of his hand. We are not to be tyrannized by worry. Three times, Jesus commanded us not to worry. He didn't say pray about it. he didn't say i'm suggesting. He said, do not worry. And he said, these three things, don't worry about what you can't control. And he gave two examples, such as your height or the graying of your hair. Don't worry about it. God's going to color your hair for you. He said, you can't worry and make yourself one inch taller, and you can't worry and make one hair white or black. He's saying you can't worry and you shouldn't worry about what you can't control. Second thing, he said we're not to worry about provision, what we'll eat, drink, or wear. And then he said we're not to worry about tomorrow, what the future holds. We're not to worry about those three things, and those three things comprise anything you could ever possibly worry about. Now let me give you three nuggets of truth today that I hope will help us to understand how not to worry and how to be freed from this monster, this thief, and this robber. And I got you, I want you to know, and I really mean this, I know that some of you are dealing with some heavy stuff. You have health issues. You've got frustrations with doctors. You've got frustrations with insurance payments or no insurance at all. You deal with circumstances and you deal with people that are discouraging and wearying. But God's word overcomes the power of worry. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus came to give us peace, not that we would be worried. He came to take the specter of worry off of us, and we should be people of peace and confidence and courage and boldness. That's why Jesus came. Now, Jesus said, first of all, here's the first way to be free to worry. Take life one day at a time. Take life one day at a time. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Today's trouble is enough. God has said, I'm going to give you grace for today. His mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. Jesus said, don't reach into tomorrow and anticipate what you don't know is going to be there and bring it into today. You're not being fair to yourself. Life is not like a box of chocolates. Life is like aspirin. It's meant to be taken in doses, one dose at a time. You don't take a whole bottle of aspirin for one headache, and you don't reach into tomorrow and bring its troubles into today. Life has got to be taken in doses, one day at a time. Can you turn to your neighbor and just say to them, one day at a time? Now turn to the other side and say, it's all you can handle. Now he's not talking about not planning ahead. He's not talking about putting, not putting together a retirement plan. He's not saying don't plan. He's saying don't borrow from tomorrow's imagined worries and bring them into Today. Don't worry about a day that hasn't yet arrived because you don't know what God's going to do with the day that hasn't yet arrived. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow. They don't reap. They don't gather into barns. Every day is a new day for those birds. What God gives them that day is what he gives them. They didn't have it stored up. They got to find the fresh worm that day, the bread that day, the seeds that day. And he said, yet your heavenly father feeds them and you are of much more value than them. You live one day at a time. I look at my dogs. Have three dogs, as you all well know. You know what I've noticed about them? They sleep all night long and yawn in the morning. I put them outside. They lie down outside and they sleep in the sun. They wake up from sleeping in the sun and yawn and walk inside. I check on them in the afternoon, and they're asleep in the house. So you got some lazy dogs. I got normal dogs. When night rolls around, the same old cycle of sleep starts all over. Our dogs never seem to have anything to do but sleep. They don't have a care in the world. Now, I was thinking this week, they don't get together at dinner time and say to each other in dog speak, do you think he'll come through tomorrow? have you seen that bag of dog food lately it's getting real low (laughs) do they do that no they sleep they wake up and yawn they come up and say hello to you then they go back to sleep again not a care in the world they're not over in some corner trembling Is he going to make it next week? Oh, God, strengthen our faith. (laughs) No, they don't worry about the provider. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't assume that tomorrow is going to be a repeat of today. Say, well, today's bad, so tomorrow's got to be bad. No, the apostle James said, you do not know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. God's got something cooking in the oven right now. You don't see it now. It's not in your hands now. But you have no idea what tomorrow holds. You can worry about it and expect something bad, or you can build yourself up in faith and expect something good. I have learned that God can change things suddenly, in a moment, in the twinkle of an eye. God can turn it around. You cannot say, oh, I dread tomorrow, because God is already in your tomorrow waiting for you to arrive. He's waiting for you to get there. And David said, David said, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. I will not fear what tomorrow holds. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. You just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Trust your heavenly father. You don't know what he's going to do tomorrow. my experience is God is a God of surprises. And if you look to him in faith, he'll turn it. He holds the world in the hollow of his hand. He has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. People are not greater than God. The devil is not greater than God. Your circumstances are not greater than God. God can blink and turn his head half an inch and everything changes. So can you say with me, his mercies are new every morning. Now the second key to conquering worry is don't worry about what you cannot control. Now this is a major one. For all of you control freaks who have got to control everything, the people in your life, the finances, church. Everything that moves and lives and breathes and has its being around you. You've got to control it. Can I tell you? You're going to have a nervous breakdown. Last time I looked at the description of God, only he could fill out the job application. God. Only God can be God. He is happy to take everything into his hands. But if you think you've got to be God, you're in for some trouble. And it's a sign of worry. Jesus said, Who of you by worrying could add a single hour to his life or so much as an inch to his height? Here's what he was saying. There are some things you can't control. Now, can I tell you something today that will save you thousands of dollars in counseling? Most of life you can't control. Matter of fact, The only thing you can really control is your response to what life hands you. Nobody decides that but you. And you can respond in worry or you can respond in faith. Some things are beyond our control and they always will be. We couldn't change them even if we tried. I learned years and years ago as a preacher, you can't change people. I used to try. Would you get saved? You want to go to hell? Now, I just preach the word and walk out and let the word work. I can't change people. And if you think you're, those of you who are just about to get married, and you know that your future spouse has some problems, and you said to yourself, oh, when we get married, I'll change him. <laughs> Everybody who knows better say, oh, <laughs> I'll change that poor little baby. I just love him in the church. Hey, sweetie, if he ain't going to church now, when he's trying to impress you to get you down to the altar, he's not going after you're married. You can't change people, you can't change most of your circumstances. Sometimes damaged relationships can't be changed. You can't change your past. But if you let him, Satan will take you fishing. Speaking of fishing, he'll take you fishing. He'll put into your hand the rod of condemnation. And then he'll let you cast out into the ocean. Of guilt, and you'll reel in all your past sins and all your past memories, and he'll get you to worrying about what you have done. Can I tell you something about your past? You can't do anything about the past because it's past. It doesn't do any good to worry about what you have done. Paul said, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. I am reaching. I am reaching for what Jesus has for me. I can't change my past. It doesn't do me any good to worry about my past. I'm I'm not going to live under the tyranny of if only. If only I would this. If only I hadn't that. If only I'd gone to that school. If only I would married that person. If only. Th- Listen, you can't live under the tyranny of if only because you can't change your past. All you can do is say, Lord, it's a brand new day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm moving forward. Because I can't control most things in my life. Amen. Can you say with me, I can't control others, but I can trust God and stop worrying. And now, the third key to getting rid of worry warts is the most important pray about everything. Everything. Having been raised in a worrying family, I learned if I'm worrying, I haven't prayed. If I'm worried about it, I haven't prayed it through. Because I have found this. When I take my worries to God, it may be something very real. I'm not denying reality. But if I take it to God, I don't leave the place of prayer filled with fear. I leave the place of prayer with peace. Listen to what the Word of God says. Paul said, do not worry. Learn to pray about everything. Give thanks to God as you ask Him for what you need. The peace of God is much greater than the human mind can understand. This peace will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Can I paraphrase that? God's peace will keep you from going crazy. You pray about it. Say, well, I have prayed about it. Well, are are you walking in peace? No, I'm worried. Then you didn't pray through. Well, how do you know when you pray through? When you're through. Take all your worries to God. Lay all of them at the foot of the cross. Peter said, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Take him, that person in your life. Take him, the money. Take him, the trouble you're in. Take it all to him. And and don't do this and reel it back in. You don't want that fish. Throw your worries on him and cut the line and leave it. Give your circumstances time. Give God time. Commit them to God in prayer. It's funny how if you'll just give God time, the water clears. The fog dissipates. God knows your every need. He knows your financial situation. He knows your problems. He knows what you're afraid of. He knows what you're worried about. Have you noticed when we worry, we tend to believe our doubts and doubt our beliefs. I love the words of Jesus when he said, your heavenly father knows. God never says, oops, and he never says, well, I'll be. Did you know that, Jesus, about him? Oh, I didn't know that. I'm shocked. No, they knew you were going to do it before you did it. They knew what you were going to be experiencing before you experienced it. Your heavenly father knows. He knows the trouble you're in. He knows the mistakes you've made. He knows the corner you've worked yourself into. He knows the fears. God knows. I love the words of Jesus when he said, you do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Sometimes God doesn't make sense, church. I'm going to tell you. I've been walking with God since I was 18. And I'm going to close with this. Sometimes God doesn't make sense. And he doesn't have to. And he's not obligated to step down from the portals of heaven and reach down and explain everything to you. Sometimes he says, walk by faith and not by sight. Take my hand. I'm going to walk you through the valley of the shadow of death. What I am doing now, you don't understand, but you will one day. Have you ever noticed how you can go through a real valley and it's foggy and you don't know what to do? You're just hanging on and you're hoping he's hanging on to you. You get up and you do your best to pray, but sometimes it seems like the heavens are brass and your prayers aren't making it past the ceiling, and you wonder where God is. People have turned on you. Everything is going haywire. Nothing makes sense. All you know is to trust God's heart when you don't understand his hand. So you walk through that valley, and if you notice, you come out on the other side, and you look back, and suddenly it makes sense. You don't understand what I'm doing now, but you'll understand it someday. All right, then I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fret. Praise God, Pastor Jeff. I'm going to get that CD, I'm going to get that DVD. So can you say this with me? Take life one day at a time. Don't worry about what you can't control. And pray about everything. Now the reason I gave you an index card is as we close today and Steve comes up to lead worship, I want you to take that index card and I want you to write down three things you're really worried about. If it's financial, if it's marital, if it's your health, if it's some, a loved one's health, whatever it is, I want you to write it down. And I want you to see something here. Look at all of these that we took up in the first service. I mean, hundreds of them. Now, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the door, and I'm gonna, I want you to put your worries in here. This is the worry box. It's not pretty. It's very common. But here's what I'm going to do. Tonight at the building, we're going to burn it. We're just going to burn it. Now you say, will that automatically get rid of my worries? I want to give you a picture of what God does with what you're worried about. Once you've given it to God, you don't have any right to worry anymore. Hello? When Kathy and I were working through our difficulties, most of you know we went through a tremendous valley. We went through intimate encounters, the, the class that we teach downstairs. And when you get to chapter four, if you can make it through four, you can make it through the rest of your life. Because you take the offenses that you have with each other, you write them down, you you give them to each other, you talk about them with each other, you forgive each other, and then you burn the offenses. And you know what that means? You can't bring them up ever again. Have you noticed about arguing, first you get historical, then you get hysterical? How many of you have ever had an argument with your spouse, and you started out arguing about one thing, and by the time you got to the end of your argument, you don't even remember what you started out arguing about? Come on, everybody. The rest of you, I'm going to get you to teach the marriage seminar. (laughs) Now, we burned it. That was two and a half years ago. Not one time have we brought up those offenses again? Because they were burned. This is symbolic of what God is going to do with your worries. I don't want you to be worried. He doesn't want you to be worried. He wants you to have peace. So will you do the Word of God? Amen. Let's stand together, can we?